I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, I think I better put a bit of lippy on because it's the number one episode of the new season. Oh, yeah. I look nice. Okay, let's get some plates. I've got all the lovely lunch, my shopping trolley, and the wheelbarrow. Let's load up. So we're going to put the butternut squash and the chickpeas. Made in that. Oh, a bit hard because I've been cooking a bit long with the uh, rhubarb polenta cake. Hope Jane doesn't mind chickpea bullets for lunch. And whoops, we'll hear them rolling quite hard. <laughs> That's it. It's always good to get a few on the floor because, you know, after when you come home, you can sort of skid on them. And that's really good fun. All set. Let's go. Long hot days in the shade of some big old tree. Making daisy chains and watching all the honey. Oh, oh fox. <laughs> Sauntering along. <laughs> <laughs> Come to say hello. Come on, Foxy. Foxy Loxy. It's a bit of cake then to get started. Mm-hmm. Yes. Look at that. I hope it's it so moist. Well, it's just say moisture again. Moisture. Oh, it's lovely and moist. Oh, yeah, shall, I, shall I taste it and see how... Oh, I can feel how moist it is. So, Jane, it's the episode one of the new series. And we're this, this time we're, we're doing a slightly different slant on, on Queen Bees. We're going to be looking in the hive and beyond. Ooh, how far beyond? Well, we're going to be looking at the plot. We're going to be going back to my house. Mm. We're going to be thinking about what food we grow. Mm-hmm. And I think the favourite thing that you're like is what food we're going to be eating. <gasps> oh, yes. Well, I've uh, experienced a lot of your produce over the years. Yeah. And so that would be lovely. I've never had an allotment or I've never grown anything particularly in my own garden. Not successfully, anyway. That's interesting, Esther, because in these times where um, there's going to be restrictions on certain things mm-hmm. like flour for example yeah. wheat um, uh, I think it's very important that um, we actually do get to come to terms with growing mm-hmm. you know if we have the facility to be able to grow even yeah. if you just have like a little window sill that you could uh, you know have some window boxes and grow some tomatoes in window boxes mm-hmm. or some lettuces in window boxes I think that's really important for for, for right here, right now, isn't it? That we actually do start to look at sustainability a bit more seriously. Yeah, well, I think it's true. And, you know, I mean, obviously, on this allotment, people have been doing that for a long time. And But, yeah, like you say, more than ever before, you know, to, to do it. But I think that's a really good point, because you haven't got an allotment. But, you know, you can grow so many things in any sort of container, any sort of hole... You know, 
<laughs> well, some holes you wouldn't be able to grow much because it might be a bit difficult, but but you can grow, you know, you can grow things in an old watering can and an old dustbin. In or an a old, shoe. A shoe. You could grow some parsley in a shoe, for instance. Mm. And maybe we can set ourselves a little little task like that. What what funny things could we could we make use of? Well, I was going to say a bra, but you wouldn't you'd only get like one seed in my bra. Whereas your big cups, mm. you'd be able to grow supplies yeah. for quite a large family. Well it's true and actually in the past I did grow some sedums in an old bra. Did you? And it did it did work but over the season they did get a bit heavy, the soil, and eventually they did break. Ah. It was just a test. But mm. you can grow something. Mm. And some of those, like, wonder bras, you know, with a, a firm mould in them, that could be a bit more supportive. But you can grow things in hessian sacks, in, in bags, in anything, really. You, you can even grow, you know, you can grow things in carrier bags if you've got a bit of soil. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that, that's what we really need to be doing, isn't it? You could grow, uh, grow, uh, grow some potatoes, couldn't you, in a carrier bag? Absolutely, yeah, as long as you've got a few holes in the bottom. And these big recycled bags, you can definitely use those. So um, I suppose the, the wonderful thing about growing your own as well, Esther, is that you know exactly what's gone on it, mm-hmm. what's gone in it, what's gone into the soil, mm. whether there's been any sprays on it. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you use any sprays? Oh, no, definitely not. No. Mm. I use nematodes, which is... Um, a sort of a little thing that goes in the soil. It's um, it attacks the the slugs, and it's a living organism, um, and that that's very good. And it stops the it, it attacks the slugs and gives them sort of a you know it kills them off. Right. So right. Um, that's a natural product there. Mm-hmm. But even today, you know, early early spring, I've got some lovely rhubarb here and a lovely mm. rhubarb cake that's picked this morning. Mm. So mm. rhubarb you grow through the winter, do you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, well, it doesn't really push out of the soil until early spring, but it's such a treatment, it does. Oh, it is absolutely delicious. So mm. this is a polenta and rhubarb cake, yeah. and it's so good. Yeah. I'm just in the middle of eating a little bit of this cake, but mm. how much room do you need to grow rhubarb? Well, you know, rhubarb will grow in like a shady patch, and oh. you don't, you know, you could grow it in a big bucket, but you'd have to make sure it didn't, the roots didn't get too hot and dry. So you do need a nice little patch. I mean, my mum used to grow it in our backyard by the wind, by the. She used to grow it just by the dustbin, mm-hmm. and it grew fine. Mm-hmm. So it's got like a, a sort of big sort of hard root under the soil. Um, and it's probably like a football. So really, you need about that much space, mm. and then the leaves are very, very much bigger. And you've got to put lots of, lots of. Um... Shush, dog. <laughs> <laughs> lots of compost. Mm. Ooh, lots what? of nice um, greyhounds and lurchers over there. Mm. Having a good time, aren't they? We're thinking of getting a new dog. Yeah. The one that you were talking about. Well, no, um, Battersea. Battersea have been in touch with us <clears throat> to say the little dog that Tom didn't want has got some sort of diarrhoea problem, so we're not <laughs> going to go for that. <laughs> but one of my friends is, um, has had some lurcher pups. But mm. I would prefer a rescue, but we'll wait and see. Mm. Mm. So we might have that. We might be having a little um, a dog on the on the podcast too. Mm. A lot's happened, hasn't it, since mm. the last series. Mm. Um, my mum died 
um, and my dog died. Um, the dog died on Christmas Day and um, it was very sad, she was 15 and we didn't know what to do because she died in the night so we put her in a box and then on Boxing Day I got her out and I gave her a bit of a wash because you know she'd had a bit of an accident once she died mm. and uh, so I washed her with some fairy liquid mm. and then I made like a shroud and Tom dug a hole and we had a little funeral. Oh, so she's in your garden? She's actually. I've got a japonica on top of her. Oh, have you? snowdrops, yeah. So, because she was a white dog, I'm going to go for white planting on top of her. And um, I am missing her. But I think her death prepared me for my mum's death, which came a few weeks later. Um, so I was at the death of my mum as well as the dog, and it was quite mm. similar. Um, so the death, the dog sort of had the death rattle and then my mum did but I kept thinking well my mum was dying I kept thinking god she just seems like the dog so mm. it was a bit of um it was a weird mm. sort of distraction but yeah there's been quite a lot of grief um but spring has brought some nice you know nice well needed joy good well it is it's the new beginnings isn't it mm. Yeah, well, yeah. It's a cycle of life, and you definitely see it here. And that's one thing that is always the same, and that is the seasons, mm. Mm. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. My mum died in October, mm. and um, so I know we've talked a lot about our mums. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm planting a tree for her. We're scattering her ashes up north in June and um, um, we're planting a silver birch for her. Oh, that's yeah. so nice. Yeah, and some bulbs all around. So mm. when we were at the bee fair, which we went to a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. um, I bought some nice bulbs, and, and bee-loving bulbs and bee-loving seeds. Oh, that's nice. Yes. I feel quite... I could have a little cry now, do you? Mm. We have orphans now, aren't we? We are orphans, but we're very free, actually. We have no responsibility. Well, you do. You've still got... Well, I've, I've still got my children, but they've moved away now, so... Mm. But there is a sense of freedom and possibility, mm. I think. Yeah, it was funny yesterday. Um, I was talking to the picture of my mum, and I said... Because I've not really been able to hear her voice much, but I, I sort of um, looked at a picture... And um, and then I heard a saying in my mind, keep laughing. Well, <laughs> good. Well, there you are. Now you're laughing. That's brilliant. Oh. <laughs> laughing through tears. <laughs> oh, Esther. I know. But it is a good... The allotment's a good place for thinking about grief and life all together because, you know, it is a... It's a good place for that, I think. Yeah, and the important thing is to let it out. Mm. You know, which is, you know, that's that is the important thing, and not to hold it in. It's all part of life, and to just allow it to come when it when it comes. Mm. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So today, <clears throat> in the polytunnel, because it's not warm enough to plant the beans out yet, I thought we could sow a few of these bobby beans mm. and put them in... It's a bit early, but we could actually put them in the polytunnel and get them going, mm. yeah? We can also get going in the polytunnel some courgettes and pumpkins. I've been doing that at home. I've got them in my little lean-to and I've heated it up. Um, I've sown all my chilies and they're growing on nicely. And I've sown a few tomatoes. But we've got, again, we've got some tomato seeds we could plant today as well and get oh. those in the polytunnel. And what are these, Purple King? Purple King, is that there another type of... Um, bobby bean and they're black uh, yeah they're, they're black <clears throat> when they the deep purple when they grow mm-hmm. and then um, when you pop them in the pan they turn green again it's a bit <laughs> wow. like magic wow i think it looks really nice when you grow beans of all different colors and i've got an arch over there and i move it around and i just like to show off with all different types of beans yeah. balotta beans bobby beans yellow beans haricot beans just as many different colours, because they cheer you up and they taste nice. Oh, wonderful, Es. So, <clears throat> how much time during the summer do you spend at the allotment? Every uh, day? I mean, realistically, I like to come up every day if I can or miss a day, if, you know, if I'm too busy. But um, I do like coming up here every day, especially when the seeds are all growing. Yes. But, you know, of course, I'm in Hollywood. It's a bit more difficult because, you know, Mm. if I'm doing the new James Bond film, um, I might be a bit, you know, busy with that. So, Esther, I would like to ask you, how did this all develop for you? I mean, we know all about the bees and how that develops, and that was kind of latterly, but you always seem like you've been able to plant things and grow things. Um, So do you think... I mean, I know that, you know, we are trying to encourage people to do this on this podcast but do you think it's kind of innate within you that you you just sort of understand how nature works and how to grow things or um yeah I just wanted to know really how it sort of began for you when you were saying about your mum growing rhubarb by the bin is it that you were taught this sort of thing from an early age by relatives yeah, well, I mean, I've always grown stuff. You know, as soon as I, as soon as I moved out of home, I, even at Rada, I used to grow stuff on my balcony, um, mainly flowers back in those days. But my grandma and granddad always had an allotment at the end of their garden. And so that's really... And then when I was little, you know, for a time I lived with my grandma and I used to love my granddad's greenhouse with his tomatoes and that sort of thing. And then I just, as soon as I got a little patch... Um, in my first flat, I, I started growing stuff. Um, yeah, and I think it's just the sort of person I am. I think, you know, I treat plants as I do my friends. You know, I nurture them and I feed them. And, you know, sometimes 
more some plants are more greedy than others. <laughs> and um, which are the greedier plants? <laughs> courgettes and pumpkins. Are so I'd very be like, I'd be a courgette and a pumpkin, wouldn't I? Oh, you definitely would be. I, yeah, I'm a yeah. greedy pumpkin. Yeah, you have to you have to keep feeding a pumpkin or a squash every week. That's the key. You just give it more and more compost and more and more manure and you know rotten vegetables, anything, and it loves it mm. and it likes its roots to be warm, full of rotting compost. So when you had um, when you had when you started planting at um, at Gordon Mansions in London, mm-hmm. well, what it is to see? Oh, oh, yes, I don't. Uh, this is our landlady. Mm. Uh, oh, well, I don't, don't know whether I want anything. What if they fall on people's heads? I don't. I don't. I think it's very dangerous to grow tomatoes on on the windowsill. I don't like it. Well, you're absolutely right. Really? Yeah, because that's what happened. So I had all these pots on the on the balcony, and there was a storm. And the pots blew off five floors up, because we were five floors yes. up, weren't we? And Esther was right. Our landlady was called Esther as well as me being called Esther. Um, and the, the pots fell off in the night and landed on the pavement below five floors down. Luckily... Nobody was walking. Nobody was walking. Nobody was hurt. I felt so bad. And after that, I, like... Um, like put wires and everything so everything was was firm but i was mortified and it really is dangerous you know if you have got um a windowsill and you are five falls up then you've really got to make sure that you everything's secure i wouldn't encourage anybody to to do anything unless pots were secure because you know it's all and all good if a bucket lands on your head and you you know fall into a large hole and everybody laughs but if a plant pot full of soil falls onto your head you're gone you're a goner (laughs) well with that warning of death shall we go and plant something oh yes we'll plant some beans (laughs) so this so so this is a lovely new compost i see Peat-free compost. Peat-free? Peat-free compost. Why peat-free? Because, uh, you know, we don't want to be using peat. What's wrong with peat? Peat Very is... rude towards peat. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't want to use peat because, um, although it's a very, very rich soil and it's quite... In the old days, people used to use it all the time. Um, you know, there's loads of it, but we've, we've, we've taken it up. You know, it's a bit like... You, ruining the rainforest taking all the peat up it's it ruins habitat and you know changes the structure of of soil structure you know in the in those areas so we don't use it anymore we just use normal compost which so, it is, changes, so it spoils sort of um bird life habitat oh does yeah it? and it soils them it it's ruining our world taking up the soil, the the peat, it's it's like destroying the rainforest. It's the same sort of thing. Oh right, okay. So this is just um, a general compost, and um, it's got all sorts of you know broken down natural uh, natural green waste. It's good for uh, seed sowing, and it's also good for bringing on plants. So with a be- with beans, mm-hmm. it's best to put them into a pot because soon enough their roots are quite big. So we're just going to put a bit of soil in like that. Have you done this before, Jane? I have, yes. And I have my own compost. Oh, very good. And what do you put in your compost? All my accounts. 
Oh, so a lot of paper. Paper. <laughs> and, um, and uh, well, obviously all my green waste. Yeah. Because um, I'm veggie, so I've got a lot of bean, green waste. Yeah. Green waste. Um, and hair. Oh, yeah. No citrus uh, fruits. or right. No, no um, because it makes the compost very acidic. Yeah. Uh, eggs I used to put in, but eggs don't really break down very well. Eggshells, yeah. It's mm. good if you break them up before you put them in. Right. Because that's good for the soil and, you know... Eggshells. Yeah, but you do need to break mm. them up. So what are these that we're planting? Oh, these are the green, the, the black ones that turn green in the pan. That's right, Purple King. Purple King. Mm. He's the Purple King and he's going into the pot. Pot, pot. <laughs> <laughs> right then. So if you put the um, Purple King seed in there... Yeah, the rule of thumb is that as deep as the seed, mm. and then as deep again. Also, oh, that yeah. was a bit too deep. Well, actually, set. when you've watered it, that soil will probably sink down to about right. Okay. Yeah. So as the deep as the seed, and one more deep. That's right. Yeah. And so you only put one seed into one little hole, yeah. not more seeds into a hole. No. Is that enough? For, should we put yeah, more in no, there? No, I think three is enough. I. This is a little pot, by the way, that we're using. Personally, if, you know, it's nice... I usually put two in a pot because then if that. one comes up, the other doesn't. But because these pots are a bit bigger, we can put three. Purple King going in and again. And that's going into the polytunnel. So... We can plant a few more. We well, in, a, in another couple of weeks, we'll plant some more and then they, they come up at different times. OK, then. So... Well, we could then we could plant a lot more seeds. We could plant. Oh, look, some there's corn. a bumblebee. Oh yeah, we could plant some cornflower. That's a good thing to do. Right. So these are quite. Uh, that's so, quite a deep one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because they have quite deep, uh, feathery, stringy roots. They oh, that up. so yeah. so you need a deeper pot for cornflower. Well, I always put them in a deeper pot, and then because they don't really like to be to be moved, they like to be sown in situ. But we could get some going now, mm -hmm. and then um, if they've got nice deep pots, then you don't risk that then. When when the roots grow, then you don't disturb them too much. All oh, right. So they don't, they're not going to be breaking in a small Right. Uh-huh. OK, so here's your cornflowers. Right. So the same sort of hole? No, no. For oh. this, because look how small the seeds are. All right. So yeah. what do we do? So we're just going to scatter these on the top oh. and then water them in. Oh, really? So you don't actually uh, fork them in a bit? No, no, we don't need to. Oh. We just water them and they'll stick to the soil. So, all right, that's how mm. you're going to... Put them in your bare hand, because then you can feel how nice they I are. don't want them in my bare hand! Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> Look, they're like little... Miss, stop it! It's tickling! Look, these little cornflowers. Oh, they're lovely! And they're pretty! Yeah. Oh, they're like, sort of... They're like, they're like punk, actually. Yeah. They've got punk hair, they've got a little bottom seed bit, and then they've got some punk hair coming all from the top. Yeah. I see them as, like, little paintbrushes. And little paintbrushes or little yeah. punks. And then we'll water those, and they'll just sink into the soil a bit. Oh, yeah? that's OK. Just yeah. go like that. Yeah. Okay. Right, so we've got a few tomato seeds. And then we're done, I think, for today. Mm. Yeah. Is it lunchtime then? <laughs> um, but mm. do you think does your allotment food feed you for feed you and your family for the whole of the summer? Yes, it does. And more? Uh, well the potatoes last a lot longer and also the um the squashes the, they go on, you know, till about sort of November mm. they usually run out. But do you th do you have more left over other than your family? Can you give away? I'm always giving stuff away. Yeah. 
Because um, you've got too much in the end. Not really, but, you know, I can't help giving them away. OK, but you can sustain yourself. You can sustain yourself for the whole of the summer with what you grow. Yeah. And if you were a vegetarian, could you just literally feed yourself for the whole of the summer just on your on your allotment? Yeah, well, um, I don't grow cheese here. I know, but if you were a vegetarian, if you were or a vegan... Eggs. If you were a vegan... I don't grow any nuts. But apart from the nuts and the pulses, you could sustain yourself. On vegetables, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. So we've got quite a few things here growing now, Jane. Uh-huh. We just now these all go into the polytunnel. Yeah, so we're gonna water them all. Alright, okay. Do you have a watering can? Yeah. A watering can. <laughs> so I'm in Esther's polytunnel, which is sort of an oblong shape, and it's covered with a plastic hear this plastic and uh, obviously a, a, a metal frame keeping it up um, and um, Esther looks like she's going to utilise most of the space in here so there are actually um, shelves that um, have got all the pots on and then there's soil on either side of a, a very small pathway. Um, Esther the yeah. in the polytunnel now I'm looking you've got the shelf here where Hi. One of my neighbors. Okay, Esther, Esther, yeah. concentrate now. Yeah. Um, I'm um, here in your um, polytunnel. Yeah. You've got the shelf here where we're putting uh, the seeds that we've just planted. Now, here's a great, on the floor, is a great big lump of soil. What's happening here? And, and a pan, an old pan. Well, actually, this is where, <laughs> I, this is where I buried my mother. <laughs> She's under all this soil now. What's, so don't stand on her, will you? Right, well, it is a great size. It is, actually, yeah. Well, she fitted in quite well because she was actually very, very fat. Oh. Yeah, and she smoked a lot of cigarettes. Well, she I was short. Know. She was quite short because it's only yeah. a small patch. But anyway... Uh, She's what, under there and that will be a good fertiliser for these these uh, things that I'm going to be growing there. Where are you growing? What are you growing here? The tomatillas? Anything that you can grow with a dead body is mm. like peas... Beans, another hungry feeder like courgettes, as we said, pumpkins, they'll all grow very nicely on top of a dead body. Mm. Oh, so, you know, got yeah. the watering cans. Okay, yep. Thank you. Oh, it's heavy. Oh. That's lovely. That's great. And the last one. Oh, it's great. These are the first seeds that I've put in the polytunnel because most of my seeds are all at home. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I can say that I planted them with yeah, you. Yeah, it's really good. I'm oh, sorry, I put some soil on you then. Oh, I don't mind. I like soil. I'll put some soil on you then. Right, we'll just water those cabbages for me as well, just a bit. Aren't they pretty? When yeah. did you plant those? They were like just before, you know, at the end of the year. Oh, at the end of the year? Yeah. And these are purple cabbages? Yeah, they are, yeah. They're lovely. Lovely colour. So here, Esther, um, you've got um, some old um, plastic from the compost bags and you're growing stuff in this old plastic. Yeah, that's right. So it's just an old window window box that somebody I found on the street. It's just a sort of metal one, isn't it? Yeah, and then I filled it with plastic and then I'll be just filling it with soil. That's brilliant, isn't it? And then I usually grow my basil in there. Yeah, Yeah. very fantastic. So now, Essie, most importantly lunch. Do you only come for the lunch, Jane? Do you only love me for the lunch? I think I'd be dishonest if I said not. What does that noise remind you of, look? (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, is it, is it hummus? So it's a tahini, that's a tahini dressing. Tahini dressing, and what is in the salad? So we've got uh, squash, 
chickpeas and onions. I see some pumpkins some, in there. Yeah, some pumpkin kale, seeds. Some pumpkin seeds, kale, uh, freshly chopped kale, massaged by my own hands. Kale massage? Yeah, you, you, you massage it and then mm. you don't have to cook it. Really? Yeah, yeah. I and, didn't know that. Yeah. And then we've got some, we've got as an extra treat, we've got um, some pomegranates, mm. which are in season, aren't they, at the moment? Are they? Yeah. So this makes it a little bit... Are they bit... from Morocco? Well, yeah, I haven't grown these. Did you go to Morocco to get them? I did, on a camel, and it was ever so good. Was it? Did you fall off the camel? Oh, no. I was jiggling a bit, though, on it. Ooh, I bet you were. Look, there's still some seeds left in this bowl that you've missed. All right, then. Now, what do we think? A few seeds. It looks beautiful, Essie. Right, and we've got dill or coriander. Oh, both, do you think? Yeah, we could. Yeah, let's have both. Um, what, um... So this feels like it's been a very good start to a new idea. Oh, yes. I'd definitely be growing some dill as well. That's ever so mm. easy to grow. Mm. But, I mean, I think that this is... Uh, it's just so lovely to start from the seed planting, see what develops, and yeah. then um, how one feeds oneself. Exactly. from what From what you've grown. And also, because you are such a great cook, to learn through the process of this all the things you can use with the various things that you're cooking yeah are you cooking asparagus by the way i mean are you uh, planting asparagus no well actually i used to have a lovely asparagus uh, bed on my last plot mm. but it was a very shaded spot and you know because of the bees and everything i, I needed to move mm. so they've my oh, my friends who've taken it over they've got the they're, they're reaping the benefits of my asparagus oh are they? yeah mm. um but no asparagus sadly well, anyway, I think it's um, it's been lovely talking about uh, all your produce today. And here, here's to more. Here's to spring and springtime. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, I do love you. I love you, darling. Oh. And I do, I do come to see you, not just for the lunch. Okay then. <laughs> I let you Queen Bees is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks. It is produced by Claire Broughton and Andy Goddard and partly recorded at the Hives on my allotment near Crouch End in London. Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy Mae Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Queen Bees Pod for pictures and videos from the Hive. Queen Bees is a hat-trick podcast.